Hello and welcome to my podcast, WTY. What the youth? I'm Laura and I'm a youth worker and I currently work with 10 to 17 year olds who are at risk of gang crime and knife crime. Over the next few weeks I'm going to be talking to a few youth worker friends of mine who've had their own battles growing up and now help young people to be the best people they can be. We'll be talking openly and honestly about our experiences of youth work and delving into the world around us. I do hope you enjoy it. Please know we will be talking about sensitive subjects, but we may also have some giggles sometimes, because if you don't laugh, you cry in life. This is my attempt at trying to be Stacey Dooley. Please like, share and don't forget to subscribe. I really appreciate you listening. Now let's get into the podcast. What the youth? Hi guys, welcome to this week's podcast. Today I'm joined by my old friend Alice. And Alice is, she's cool, she's a cool mama, she's a single mama, she knows life and she had a chaotic teenage head like we all did. I think by now you're probably thinking, Laura knows a lot of people and I promise you I do. I do know a lot of people from working in youth work. But I thought it'd be good to talk to her today. Um, especially since now we've known that Boris is going to relax lockdown. I mean, woohoo, maybe I might even do a podcast in person one day. I mean, it's all via Zoom and probably continue to be. But yeah, so today we are going to talk about sex. Uh, the big word, call it bing, bang, bong, bashalulu, whatever you want to call it. But we're going to look back at our teenage years and how we think sex education impacted us and what we think would have been different. Also, in this subject, we kind of bounce about and actually we talk about abortion in here as well. And I think this is so important. And just I just want to let people know that if this is a sensitive subject to you, just be cautious. Listen with someone. Um, But yeah, we're going to talk about sex as well. And that's quite fun to talk about sometimes. Anyway, let's get into the podcast. Hello, Alice. Thank you so much for joining me on the Last week of lockdown, we come out of lockdown in a few days, which is very, very exciting. Woohoo! Woohoo, I know, brilliant. Life could not get any better. So, just tell people what your name is, where you come from, what you do, and who's in your life. Hi, I'm Alice. I'm 26. I've got, I'm a single parent and. I'm a nanny slash nursery practitioner from Ascot. Ooh, epic. And I know you from back when we were like, well, you're younger than me, aren't you? Since I was like 19, when we used to go and do youth work together in Make Milkshakes in a big tent in Norfolk. Oh, I loved doing that because that was brilliant. It was absolute glorious. Feet hurt like no one can ever put down manual labour. Manual labour is I'm hard. It is so hard. My feet would burn at the end of the day. Youth work over manual labour any day. Anyway, so today we're going to talk about the taboo subject of SEX. <laughs> As people mm. like to call it, sex, intercourse, shag. What a bong a ding dong woo wah, whatever you want to call it. My goodness. I know, who would have heard of it? So unusual. I'm just going to talk about what it was like back in our time of sex being a teenager and how it's different now. So, do you remember the first time you heard about sex? Oh my goodness. Um. 
knew what it was properly when I was in six when we when we did that when we did a um we did like a subject on it and we were learning it's like a, it's like a two week study period about it where you know at the beginning it's like this is a very serious subject we've got to respect everyone and then by the end of it it was just very very open it was great and that was the first time where I was where I learned about it in a um, what's one of the educational sense rather than a slang sense as I like to put it yeah and I think year six so how old are you in year six ten I was I must be about 10 11 yes so did you know that the average age in the UK for a person to see porn and this is mainly boys girls see it a bit later is eight so if your first lesson about sex was at age 10, that's two years of misconception for some people on what sex is. Yeah, I, th- I think nowadays, well, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not in the schools anymore, but I think, I know the children that leave my nursery, they know that mummy and daddy have a baby. And I think at that age, that's what's appropriate. It's all about being appropriate for that certain age group. Do you, do you get what I mean? Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's about being appropriate, but not lying. Does that make sense? So I think, yeah, I think we've all, if we've grown up with parents that are still together, I mean, I know your parents are together, but if you grow up with parents that are still together, 99% of us have had that awkward moment of walking in on our parents doing the deed. Um, oh, I couldn't imagine, well, I could imagine it, because my dad's had many girlfriends, so... Yeah, well, like. you know, daddy's just hugging mummy, you know, <laughs> it's going to happen in your... Ch- it's going to happen at some point. But I think when we were much younger, like when I was two, three or four, I mm. definitely believed that babies were delivered by storks. I was quite fortunate that I've got an older brother. Was that a fortunate or misfortune? Well, he was very honest and I'd say very, very, very um, understanding and very straight to the point. A baby comes out of a mummy's tummy. Because, hmm. like, at that age, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have known what the baby bits were called. Well, Joe, there's an interesting thing about how parents should call that area a vagina. So they should, yeah. So they shouldn't be called it a nunu or a mini, because the very few misfortunate children who get sexually abused, they there's been stories where they've gone up to teachers and said, "Oh, Daddy played with me and Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse at the weekend," Mm. and for most kids, that's completely normal behaviour. But actually, what that child was saying was, "Daddy's been playing with my vagina," but the teacher had no idea because there was a different name and a different label to it. So it's about teaching the children the anatomy and everything like that. Um, So I think that's quite interesting. But I think I first had what I would call proper sex ed. So not your bees and just your light bees and bees. When I was about 12 and I remember a woman coming into school and no joke, she sang a song that went, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. And it was literally like a 60-year-old woman singing this song. You need someone... I think this is a kind of subject you need to talk to about someone you kind of trust and that's honest. But 
honest with someone that cares for you and loves you and will talk about it with you appropriately. Exactly. And I think it needs to be someone who's relatable. So a six-year-old yeah. woman is not relatable. <laughs> there are some, in later podcasts, I'll try and get some of these people on, but there are some great organisations out there that do, like, real talk. And they're run by, like, people in their 20s and their 30s. And yeah, that's more natural. Like, I can't... I think myself and you can uh you know understand them and get with them a bit better yeah i mean we, we know about sexting we know about porn we know about all this stuff that maybe was a bit different back in the days and i don't think it should be done by teachers i think it should be done by outside agencies and schools that come in and do specific talks and i if i'm honest i think it should be done separately with girls and boys because it's got different but, anatomy yeah but have, it's not just that yeah, it's not just that, it's that when I was in school doing these things, the boys would all laugh, so the girls would feel not comfortable enough to ask questions, or vice versa with the boys. Whereas if it's done in smaller groups of like three or four, say you do yeah. six sessions a year on sex, that is so much better. Do you... you know when, when I think I learned about it at school, I think I'm 99% sure that the girls and the boys were separate, but we had the issue of our teachers saying this is what normal for example we were learning about sex this is what normal childbirth would be like for example if you have sex and you create a baby blah 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 we had a ba we had a guy that had cerebral palsy so if you're calling me i remember this happening he was like well i'm not normal then i'm not loved and i'm not you know i'm not like everyone else and i remember him being really upset over that and it was very like when your teacher just said to them this is normal and then you know he has cerebral palsy like we need to learn about everything, not just the, there's no such thing as normal when it comes to sex. There is no such thing as normal, and I think that's no. a very good point. I've, I listened to a few podcasts and videos of people with disabilities um, talking openly, openly and honestly about it. Like, there's a few YouTubers who talk about, like, having a stoma bag. But actually, it shouldn't be that they discover it. One second, dogs attacking each other. Pause in the podcast. Both got a bone. They're fine. Moving on. Um, they shouldn't be that people have to go online to find this information. It should be that they're told it at school. Um, but yeah, how did you, do you remember ever being taught about gay, lesbian, trans? I mean, we're talking, I was back at school. Oh, this was like 15 years ago for me because times have changed. But I can't remember... I remember, I think, one sentence going, some men have sex with men and some women have sex with women. And that was yeah. as far as the subject went, which is so inappropriate that that is as far as the subject goes. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I don't, I don't, remember, I don't remember anything. I know, well, I work in education now and a lot of our books, you know, when they have family books and stuff like that, we don't just have the normal boy, girl, mum, dad in, like, family books. We have two women, two men, whoever, you know, whoever, they are, as long as you're family, that's the main thing. And like you said, it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't know, it didn't even feel normal to me, you know. Because oh God, I've known I've not just liked men for years. I think the first person I ever fancied was a, a woman. So then I remember sitting there during this and going and thinking these things like, oh my goodness, like, Am I normal? Because I fancy this girl. You know, is this normal? What you know? What mm. is normal? Do you think you'd feel different 
in today's society having if you were say 14 now and having feelings of women do you think you'd feel different now or do you think the stigma is still just as big now you know what? I think it's we're a lot more open, but I don't think in a Christian environment, in a Christian environment, it is open. Oh all. God, it drives me absolutely insane. I am, I have to say I'm very fortunate that my one of the pastors at my church is the most incredible, op, most incredible open man I've ever spoken to, and he is so accepting, and he's very very passionate about the subject, and he's very easy to talk to, and I know others might not have this luck but I'm very lucky but if, if he wasn't in the building then I wouldn't know what to do does no. that make sense yeah and it makes me cringe anytime I hear a talk about homosexuality in the church because to me God loves everybody and it's just miseducation people who believe this bollocks that homosexuality is wrong and you know I've heard people literally say that people have the devil in them because they're gay and I'm like no and when you go to conferences and they're like well, I'm gay, but I've chosen not to, not to act on the sin. And I'm like, it's not a sin. You should be able to be who you are. And like, who are we to stop you? Like, it's just as good love. Like, it all loves love. And it literally, I find you can never have a debate with a Christian about it because they just won't ever change their mind. No. So my response I'm, is I walk out the building at any point where that happens. Especially this year, like, since having my first girlfriend and stuff. Yeah. I'm just... I didn't even know how to approach it with some of my friends. I'm very fortunate that most of my church friends are very blunt, very honest, and what they say they love. Um, could they have? Could they have said it in a better? Could they have said it how you did? Like, I would feel a lot more comfortable talking to them if they just said, "Look, um, you're sinning." Like some of them did say that. I would have preferred them to say, um, "I don't agree with what you're doing, um, but I love you anyway." and like, how can I judge you? Because that's God's job. I'd rather them just say that. But you shouldn't feel like someone should have said you because it's just it's just outrageous. Someone wouldn't comment to you about other things. Oh, do you know what? It just drives me bonkers. It's anyway. scary. Yeah. And I just think of I just think of like, for me, uh, in my church, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of young Christians who are mad, which I I think are fantastic, and they're all fantastic people. But there's no one like me, and I, it's very hard to talk to someone when when there's no one like me. Do you know what? There will be people like you, but they are just buried under the sand. Yeah, I know that I was, there was one chap at my church that was, but um, he left, and I talked to someone online. I talked to someone online, and she was just fantastic, and she was very, very open, and that kind of gave me the confidence to feel a bit more confident about myself and my sexuality. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, there are specific churches out there that are gay friendly. I, I mean, I hope it changes. I hope people realise that these 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 ideas are so. Do you know what sexual? Um, I think it's. I think it's. Do you know what? Um, people that say gay people and sexual the gay people are a new thing. They're not. They were around in Roman times. It's always existed. It's just there was a huge stigma that came in with the Catholic Church about 100 years ago. Before then, it was actually quite accepted being gay. Um, so it's nothing now. that these churches have to take place anyway. However, clearly they are needed, which is awful. Exactly. Absolutely dreadful. Anyway, let's get into a bit of the gory detail. Let's talk about sex. 
So, hang on one second. My dog is rolling everywhere. Reality is working from home in 2020. Anyway, would you say that you had a healthy relationship with sex as a teenager? Because I said, will say I certainly did not have a healthy relationship with sex. Looking back, I wish I could take it all back. <laughs> it was the most unhealthiest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. Totally unhealthy. But at the time, you thought it was the best thing in the world. You thought you'd fit in, you know. And I think this is what teenagers I work with still now, like by age... I've got teenagers that by age 12 are having regular sex with their boyfriend. And all I want to say to them is, my darling, like, please come from me as someone who lost virginity when they were about 14, which was far too young. The more partners you have, the more damage it does to you. Like, you just have no idea. Like, this boy does not... It's going to last about two seconds anyways. But it it breaks my heart seeing girls doing the same thing that I kind of got into because I thought it was cool. I'm totally with you and I'm on the same page. You don't realise how much you grow and that I, I think now, I think sex is boring for me. Am I allowed to say that? I mean, I've I've had it a fair few times and I'm a bit bored over it, to be honest. <laughs> well, I like foreplay, but not sex myself. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? And I think you grow up as an adult and there's some people who are extremely sexualised as adults. There's other people who are like... I got work nine to five. No, <laughs> too yeah, tired at five o'clock. I know some people that are wild. You know, they've got three children. They've got a dog, but they are like they're very open and they've been with the same partner for years. But when you're when you're younger, we were we were just pre Tinder, weren't we? I call it Prinder. Mm, we were, yeah. I can remember Habbo Hotel. Then? Do you remember Habbo Hotel? No, do you remember Omegle? No, maybe we're different circles on the online line. Anyway, I grew up in the MSN Messenger days where you had to go like, you couldn't get on the internet unless someone wasn't on the house phone because it would go, duh, 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 and have a hotel yes, where you met that. like strangers. And I remember men like wanting me to do cam things at like 11, which is just crazy. So I don't think sex was as promiscuous as it is now. However, when I hit 16, I definitely became very promiscuous. And I think Tinder has created a more promiscuous ideology in young people that literally the world's yes, like a I pick agree. and mix. You can go to this person on a Saturday, this person on a Sunday. Oh, you want a boyfriend? You can have that as well. So you it's can have like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You can at a click of a button, and I hate to say it, it's unhealthy. Like you know, yeah, if you've got the energy for it, good for you. But I how know, safe is it? Pardon? How safe is that? Monday to Sunday, sex with different men. It's really, it's really or women, bad, isn't it? maybe it is. your health as well, mentally and physically. And the amount of people, like girls I know that I work with, who are like 14, 15, 16, whatever, maybe 13. Oh, yeah, but I'm on the contraceptive jab, so I'm okay. And I'm like, my darling, did the doctor explain to you that contraceptive jab does not stop the spread of <laughs> clap? You know, chlamydia. No, not at all. doesn't stop a lot of things. Or herpes or anything. And there's this huge... Uh-huh. Um, actually, uh, actually, teenage pregnancy rates are the lowest they've been in 20 years. And they say it's because of yeah. people having online relationships rather than in person. But yeah, STD rates have skyrocketed because the thing is, people think they're safe using contraceptive jabs and pill. You know, we stepped away from the condom. 
Um, I, yeah, mean, I yeah. hate a Comdong. That was way last year, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's the only thing that stops against STDs. True. So you've got yeah, loads of kids who are far too young to go to an STD clinic or think they're too young. You, you can go to an STD clinic whenever you want, at whatever age. I know, I know there's one around the corner for me, and if you go in there, it is busy. And I remember going in there once, and it, probably 90% of people I knew, and all of them were probably under about 17, 18 at the time. Okay, so imagine this. This is why I will not go to a clinic now anywhere in my area, because I end up seeing young people there. Could Mrs. Hussey please come to room two? Where do you think I'll prostitute if I say that name? <laughs> and they're saying your name as well. And if there's someone that, that knows you, yeah. then it's very awkward. It's very awkward. So if I had to go to one, you know, I'm married now, so I ideally don't think I'll be getting these. I mean, I, you know, you never never say never, but, you know, the hope is that I'm not going to get one now that I'm trapped in a prism of marriage jokes um <laughs> can you imagine oh, but i would have to go to a different area i once yeah. had to go to one in brighton and it didn't and there was a queue around the block and i just oh, remember no, feeling so that. embarrassed i was like god what if someone's from church sees me yeah, well it's true isn't it <laughs> you know you should only be with this one person and it's like oh please <laughs> Not saying I'm against having that one relationship, but... Um, Do you... you know. dr this is a question. As I mean, I know you, so I know that you've had... I've had a lot of sexual partners, but I've not had a lot of relationships. I know that you've had a lot of relationships. Let's put it out there. Should we put it out there? Oh, oh I don't even remember half of their bloody names. No, I mean, you're a relationship hopper. That's what I call you. Uh, oh, oh, completely, yeah. Well, you, well, you've got to try before you buy sometimes, hey? Exactly. Um, but do you dream of having that one person? Like, do you... Is that what you want or do you not want that? Well, probably. I just haven't found that person. I mean, um, I'm very blunt when it comes to relationships. I can be very, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? You know, if I'm not happy, I'll say, look, this ain't working, girl or boy. And... To be honest, my first decent relationship was with the girl. I won't say her name. Interesting. But um, yeah, that was that was the best relationship I've ever been in. Just because I felt, I remember the one thing I felt was just freedom. I felt, I felt just a mass. We had, she had the same issue as me. But I haven't actually come up with my parents, and not many people know. Some people do. Some of my close friends are, but we're both in the same position. So when I went to her place, she had to, you know, we used to hide in her flat because her family lived nearby. When she came here, it was like she was free. Um, and she bumped into a pastor once. Did she? Um, in the in the um, in the high street when we weren't going to buy a picnic, and I mean, we looked like so we looked like stereotype lesbians to a T. Really? And were you a were you a lipstick lesbian and a masculine lesbian? Is that what you mean by stereotype or a different type? Absolutely. Well, we both. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Were you bringing it a bit more mask with wearing a Jack Wills attire that you like to wear though? Well, I was actually surprisingly quite feminine. Um, Shock to the system. She was quite. We're both quite tomboys, so you know, I could go out in my summer dress, for example. And then yeah. the next time I saw her, I could look like a hundred percent boy less. But you know, it depended on the mood, depend how I felt. <laughs> and what do you think, as a teenager, prevented you from getting a relationship with a girl? 
Um, I didn't want people to find out. I didn't yeah. want people to know. I went through a bit of a rough patch in my teens. So, as in behaviour, as in I wasn't hanging around with the right people. So nothing in my head was logical and in the right space. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just wish I was a bit more open about my sexuality. Um, Do you yeah. think that you, if you had been able to explore your sexuality when you were that age, you may not have ended up having as many partners as you have in life? I don't think. I think if I came out, bit earlier i would have i would have down with the women 100 percent. yeah but you but you don't view a person's gender do you you kind of just go with whatever makes you feel better whatever makes you feel not better whatever that's the wrong word to use whatever you're comfortable with possibly at the time yeah i'm not really i mean i'm definitely more attracted to women like 100 percent yeah but, um and i know since i well we i split up with her but since i split up i'm like i'm I'd say like ninety nine women and one percent male. But you're but with a male... male now. Pardon? But you're with a male at the moment, my love. We're seeing each other. Oh, okay. But I'm not. I don't know. I don't know what he's. I don't. She's not woman, <laughs> basically. And just after coming out of my relationship with a woman, it's very hard. I'm. I would say some a bit of shock. Does that make sense? I think I think being in a relationship with a woman is very, very different. I mean, I've never had a relationship with a woman, but I play rugby, so let's be honest, I know a lot of lesbians. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, lesbian relationships can be drama. I mean, two women together can be drama, drama, drama. Oh, but you do understand uh, each other more and you're, you're more sympathetic. You're not, you not know. the best thing about being in a relationship with a girl is. When you stay around their house and they have wet wipes. Oh, God, morning, it's practical. Practical. Very practical. I mean, you, they may not have the baggy hoodies the guys have. Um, True. She was stick thin. <laughs> really yeah. straight and I was a fat one. Oh, my God. Oh, and she was stick thin. Oh, you are skinny mini mini. Anyway, so you became a mum a few years ago, didn't you? I did. Nearly 18 months ago. Oh, my golly, Finny boy. Crazy. And I think, if we're, if we're honest to say, I think you said this to me before, it's a miracle it didn't happen earlier, to be honest, isn't it? A hundred percent. I mean, come on. Um, to be fair, though, I've always been really good with, like, the pill and stuff. I've actually... I've always taken it. I've never... I've never... Um... No, I have. I haven't, I have not used protection quite a lot in the past, but I actually had an abortion years ago, so... Did you? Uh, oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Bless you. How then, old were you? How old were you when that happened? I don't know. All my, all my teens kind of blend into one, but I mean, it's going to sound quite bad. I'm quite, I mean, I'm glad I had it because... Oh, no, lovely. I'm, pro, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-choice, so don't, you know, yeah, I, I think, yeah. I think if you, if you try and ban... If you ban abortion, you are putting so many women's lives at risk because abortions will always happen. You know, you, you yeah, need to course, keep it legal. Yeah, totally. And you know, I mean, at that time I needed to, and now with Finn, I was like, no, I'm ready now. You're ready. You had a stable job. I mean, your job is. I work with children. It work with children. I mean, you're not with Finn's dad, but that's not the end of the world. You're on. You you have support from your from your mum and your brother, don't you? So. Yep. Yep. 
yeah you know you're in a stable place i mean i do my my sister-in-law was a mum at 15 um and it was hard it's it's not easy and you know i've said to her before if i was a teenager and got pregnant without a doubt i would have had an abortion like yeah you can't judge like incredible women who keep their babies but that's not for everyone and yeah like you said i'm it's a woman's choice and a male's choice but i didn't have the male's choice so i just went no and did you have to go on your own or did your mum go with you no, I went on my own. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to last forever. So, and I'm quite good practical sense like that. I did what I needed to do, and I just kept going forward. Yeah. And do you ever think about it now, or is it something that's just nah, complete practical? Got, it's going to sound awful. I wouldn't have got thin now, so I don't think about it at all. And if I did dwindle, then my mental health would just go down. So right, exactly, and I think that's one of the things that lacks from the abortion industry is actually that after support um yeah i mean because... i can see why i i did get offered help but i just said no i'm fine and i was fine after it but i'm quite a strong person when it comes to stuff like that but um i can see why others would need more support so what would you say about being someone who's had an abortion to someone who's found out they're pregnant and they they and they want an abortion but everyone's telling them not to have an abortion i think they need to think about it I think they need to think practically and yeah just I'm quite a strong person so I just say it how it is in that sense but just think about it listen to people it's very good to listen to people because your hormones are everywhere and sometimes you don't think logically but um yeah you just listen and take the time and pray as well if you're a christian definitely most definitely yeah and i think you know on the flip side if you're someone who wants to keep a baby it's like a 14 15 year old and everyone's telling you to get rid of it know that it's your your body and your decision to make so don't feel shame keeping it or letting it go it's for you to decide and you know if if you regret it you may regret it if you don't regret it brilliant but you know do the right thing for you there's so many options there's so many options if you keep the baby there's options if you don't keep the baby there's options so either way i think you know, this is where you every choice. decision is the right decision you know what i mean like if you make a decision it's the right decision and that's your decision to make you know there's no shame either way you know let's be honest being a teen mum would be fucking hard like you know yeah but that's and your battle to have if that's if you know if that's your passion there are people out there to support yeah. you and help you um but i will always say to girls that i work with please my darlings go on contraception if you're having sex please try not to become a teen mum there's still so many girls out there that want to be a mum by 15 16 please don't do that like you know i'm gonna sound really selfish right now you get so much free education stuff you know build yourself up sort yourself out do some traveling which i never did meet people do stuff you want to do, then settle down. If it doesn't happen and it happens earlier, that's fine. That's all right. Yeah. Go traveling later. But don't make it your aim to get pregnant when you're 15. Please, girls, please. No. I beg you. I no, beg you. No, because no. the reality is it's hard. And kids are expensive. You know, I think a lot of kids I work with presume that as soon as they get 18, they're going to get a council house. That doesn't happen anymore. No, it's like a three-year waiting It's list. a three-year waiting list. And, and it's the emergency accommodation. Could be sent, sent 300 miles away. 
so and that life goal hotel. yeah you could literally be in a and b 60 miles away yeah. so that and life goal isn't the same anymore anyway. yeah isn't the same anyway so no. contraception but if it happens it's your decision to make if you keep it yay if you get rid of it yay also because it's the right decision for you and for that child like if i would have got pregnant when i was 15 and had mental health issues Colin, my gosh that kid would have gone into care or into care of my parents yeah, there was there yeah. was no chance i mean fortunately i didn't get into that situation and all and i always say like you can never judge a situation to be in that situation yourself. So I may say that I would definitely get an abortion, but actually, if I was fifteen, would I have got an abortion? You know, I can yeah, never. So, you know, I probably would I have. This is where, I think this is one of those questions where you just don't need to think about it because you're not in that situation. You know. No, exactly. I, think, um, I hear a lot about that at church. They, you know, they, they make you think about these kind of things, and I think, do you have a lot more stuff? to talk about then these you know making like there's a lot of do you feel this do you do that do you do this and they think like can we just think positively for once exactly positives without a doubt they're on someone's mental health instead of making them overthink too much yeah completely all right my lovely well we've gone in loads of different directions today i did not i thought we could talk about sex we barely talked about sex we talked about sex education and i'm so pleased we talked about that subject just now i think that's so important for people to hear and also people to hear you know that now your your life and your 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 bossing life um i would love you to settle down and have a have a three-story house with your dream man or woman but you know laura's gonna have to wait for that wedding invitation a bit longer so (laughs) i'd love that for you you know i would and one day i do hope you have that but that's not the you know if you don't have that that's fine being a single mum is also awesome uh and your teenage years a bit like mine were chaos and you're through the out the other side so i think wild wild days absolutely not wild days anyway my lovely it was so lovely speaking to you um just so i can end the recording i always chop it off here but uh just before we go are you and i i'm a celeb fan i am the biggest fan you'll ever see in your life are you so since it started each podcast i've requested if people can say their favorite moment from this week and who their top runner is my 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 bay, my absolute bay is Vernon Kay. Oh, he is beautiful. However, I would appreciate the girl from EastEnders. Oh, she's got gorgeous hair. <laughs> and that's my dog's going off to what? Yeah, but that's you know I I think I mean I do like Jordan, but my favourite moment was when whatever her name is Beverly went. I've only been vegan since March. And I just, I keep saying that all week. I just love her accent. I just thought it was hilarious. Anyways, my lovely. vegan as I am male. Exactly. Anyway, my lovely. Love you loads. And lots of love. Well, it was so great listening to Alice's story. And actually, it really went like a bit of a pinball um, game. Like loads of different directions. I didn't realise when we started talking that we were talking about abortion as well. And I'm so pleased we covered that subject. I really, really am. Anyways, I really hope you enjoyed listening. Remember to follow people online. Um, 
if you want help. Like she was talking about the boy at school with cerebral palsy. I know there's some great YouTubers out there that talk about um, having sex with disabilities. And, you know, if the schools aren't teaching it, go online and look. And I'm not talking let's go on RedTube. I'm talking let's go on YouTube and see people who proactively talk about sex in a positive way. Anyway, it was so good chatting to you. I hope you all enjoy this last weekend of lockdown. Get those trees up and let's enjoy Crimbo. See you all next week. Bye for now. It's been so much fun having you along with us on this ride today. I do hope you'll pop in again next week and I'll be talking to another youth worker about a different topic that we cover in youth work. We do know that all different young people have their own issues and that sometimes things may be a bit sensitive to others. So please be open and honest with the adults around you and your friends. And always remember, it's better to ask for help than struggle alone. On my page and Facebook and Instagram, you'll find lots of useful links to organisations you can contact to get help. I look forward to continuing the journey with you on this new podcast series, WTY, What the Youth. Bye for now. WTY, What the Youth.